Chapter 1 Jesus Understands the Challenge of Forgiveness Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Luke 23, 26-37 As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of the people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren, and the wombs that never bore, and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others also who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by, watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. In our sometimes dark world, we are often given moments of light that not only illumine our way, but remind us that God is with us. One kind of these moments happens frequently, and you've probably heard about it, read about it, or even encountered it yourself. I'm speaking about moments of radical forgiveness, those amazing stories which you've seen in newspapers, on television, or online, of men and women forgiving people responsible for horrific crimes committed against them, or more typically, against members of their families. A Jesuit friend, for example, once told me a moving story about his family. One night, his father was awakened from a deep sleep and told that his 16-year-old son had been killed in a car accident while being driven by a friend named Kenny, who was drunk at the time. At the trial, the father pleaded with the judge to give Kenny the minimum sentence possible because Kenny never wanted to kill his friend. Afterward, my Jesuit friend asked his father how he could possibly do that. His father said, I just did what I thought was right. He also said that he saw Kenny as more than just that one terrible act. Today, my friend's father still keeps in touch with Kenny, who now has his own children. For his part, Kenny has written faithfully for the last 20 years to the father of the boy whose death he caused. And recently, America Magazine, where I work as an editor, 
published the remarkable story of a woman named Jean, an attorney, as it happens, who forgave the man who killed her sister, her sister's husband, and their unborn child. The killer was remorseless and had never admitted his guilt. Now here is a story of not an accidental death, but an intentional one. And, let me repeat, there was no remorse. I repeat that because many people believe you can't forgive someone who isn't sorry. But Jean was able to forgive her sister's murderer. She said that at the time the phrase, you take away the sins of the world, which Catholics recite during the Mass, deeply moved her. Jean said she wasn't sure if she'd ever fully understand what those words mean, but they surely don't mean that we should take the sin a person commits and freeze it, that no matter what the person does, even if he or she repents, we should punish the person for it forever.